You know that SASAD, without our partners, both local and international partners, we would not have been able to do the work that we have done in all the areas. So this afternoon, amidst us, we have two, two special persons from the United Kingdom. I want to recognize Jim Fitzgerald and Dr. Dimitrina Pichkova. They are from Equal Rights Trust in the United Kingdom and they're one of our current partners. This afternoon we have a presentation by Dr. Dimitrina Petrova. She's the Executive Director of Equal Rights Trust in, based in the United Kingdom. As an, a Member of Parliament in Bulgaria, her work includes research, activism, political participation, and advocacy. Since 1997, she has been a visiting professor at the Central European University's Legal Studies Department and is currently a fellow at the University of Essex. Dr. Petrova is an author who has included in her writings over 75 publications on human rights, equality, democracy, politics, and the social sciences. Social sciences. This afternoon, I present Dr. Dimitrina Petrova. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. However, <laughs> I don't, I'm not at all confident that I'm the, the right or the best person to speak um, because everybody here has many more interesting things to say about the topic of this particular discussion than I. The only, so I'll try to be very brief. Uh, and I'll try to make not more than four, maybe five, four and a half very brief points. The first point is to actually say um, who we are, Jim and I, and what we're doing here, and why we're doing this with this result. In fact, these are three points. Okay, so the first point. Who are we? The Equal Rights Trust is a younger, one of the younger members of the international human rights family, the international human rights movement. So it's an international organization working globally in a number of countries that it is based in London is a historical contingency. Uh, it's in London for some uh, non-essential reasons. Uh, it's governed by an international uh, board of directors, which includes people from all regions of the world, including the Americas. We have trustees from Canada, the United States, Brazil. Uh, we used to have a trustee also from Costa Rica. Um, the, uh, the mission of our organization is equality, and we regard equality as a fundamental human rights and as a basic principle of social justice. Now, a word about human rights. As I said, we are part, we define ourselves as part of the human rights movement, as well as an organization that focuses on one human right, one of the human rights, uh, the right to equality. This makes us very, very special and unique because of the very special and unique status the right to equality has in the international human rights system. In, in international human rights law, in the international human rights architecture. Equality is two things. 
A it is one of many human rights. Just side by side with other human rights such as I don't know, I, 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 one of my favorite games is to ask people around the world how many human rights do you think you have? And just see what they say. Some say three, four, five, some can list more. Some say I have the right to sex. Let me declare right away, authoritatively, we have no right to sex. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a right to choose who we have sex with. But we do not have a right to sex. Why? Because one of the principles in international human rights is that if a right belongs in an individual, it's inherent in each individual by virtue of being human. If you have a right to, if I have a right to sex, that means that somebody is the duty holder, somebody will have the duty <laughs> to secure the sex that I have as a right, as an entitlement. So you understand it's not part of human rights. So we have to be precise and accurate, which is a very big deal yeah. in international human rights law. Uh, and in international human rights organizations, what is the most the single most important thing? Uh, 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 their work is to is their credibility. They have to be accurate. They have to, to to make no mistakes in either facts or terminology. Uh, so that the first the first thing about equality is that it's one of a number of human rights. However, equality is at the same time a fundamental principle of human rights. It's a principle on which all other rights are based. So, for example, the right to freedom of expression has to be exercised without discrimination, on an equal basis, regardless of gender, race, religion, disability, sexual orientation. And a number of, not a large number, but, a, but several other protected personal characteristics, which we also define as prohibited grounds of discrimination. So equality is special, which therefore renders its special nature to my organization, the Equal Rights Trust. Uh, now, this said, why then do we choose to work in Guyana and why on LGBT? Now, in Guyana, Guyana is one of many countries in which we are. And I don't know if uh, any justification, any defense is needed here. Or do people assume the importance of working across borders in international human rights? International, there are two things to be said as to the question why an international organization is joining forces with national organizations to do human rights work. The first thing to be said on this is the principle of universality and of international concern, which simply means that if we believe in human rights, we have to then recognize that, that human rights concerns are not owned by the person who has a human rights problem. It's not only the person who has a certain problem, human rights problem, whose right is violated, who should be concerned, and it's not only the people who, have, who share the same problem to be concerned. 
Human rights, this is the principle, is an international concern. It's an everybody's concern. For this reason, it is not legitimate from a human rights perspective to say foreigners have no place in working in other, in some context, because it's not their problem. It is my problem. It's my problem if somebody in Guyana is being violated, their rights are violated, it's perfectly my problem, no less than it is a problem of the people who are close to that person. This may or may not be understood and accepted, but it's one of the basic principles in human rights work. The second thing of why an international human rights organization has any business to do with a national human rights organization is what I already mentioned, the issue of credibility. What do human rights organizations do? Several things, one of which is they report on human rights violations. Reporting on violations critically depends on the accuracy and the comprehensiveness of reporting, and also on the objectivity and impartiality. In order for a certain report to be to deserve the name credible, credibility and objectivity can be achieved in many ways, but it is believed that it would be better if the perspective from which reporting is done combines the insider and the outsider view. Because both perspectives bring something good. The insider knows better the context, can direct the research to the most serious problems, can make sure that, some, that, that there's no misunderstanding of what are the most serious problems from a human rights perspective. However, the outsider view ensures commensurability with international systems and frameworks and also ensures a modicum of impartiality. So if a victimized group, for example, cries out in desperation and says, we have these and these problems, the world may or may not think that they exaggerate. For this reason, it may be very important sometimes to achieve this objectivity by combining forces, by having somebody who comes from outside to actually verify what people inside the situation say. So this is the second reason why international human rights organizations may have some admittedly limited role to play together with uh, national human rights organizations. Now, this Next point I want to make is why we work on LGBTI and with SOSOD in Guyana. And if we are an equality organization, if our focus is on equality as such, then why LGBT? Because of the, the, the short answer is this. Because in international human rights, the priorities are defined when we look at countries. The priorities for human rights work are defined by several criteria, of which probably the most important one is the seriousness of the issues. And looking at Guyana, from the point of view of equality and non-discrimination, there are many issues. There are many problems with persons with disability, with outstanding problems with race and ethnicity, uh, with indigenous peoples and many other. But it looks like from a purely um, 
anti-discrimination law point of view, that the LGBT people have a, a, a somewhat different, somewhat more serious problem because of the alleged and perceived discrimination by law, as well as in practice. In practice, many groups of people, many individuals are being discriminated against, but with, with a probable exception of people, so-called people of unsound mind, it appears from the analysis of the law that in Guyana there is a perception that and allegations that the law also discriminates against a certain category of people, against the people of different sexual orientation or gender identity. Therefore, from the purely anti-discriminating point of view, it makes sense for us to, to, to focus on this issue. And actually, if I can describe my organization's mission in a different and brief telegraphic way, our business is to put serious human rights issues in context, to put, to, to have them seen through the prism of equality. Because as I said, equality thematically almost overlaps with human rights. It's a cross-cutting issue. We talk about equality in relation to all human rights. And it is actually, if you look at equality as a whole, it is dependent on the vitality of its constituents. That is equality on the ground of sexual orientation, religion, race, disability, and so on, as well as on the coherence of its frameworks, larger frameworks, and larger orders and patterns. So, why so? Because of the, the principle of justice. There is no justice in a system where, if you look at the legislation and the practices, some people are protected at a certain level, others at a lower level. So the levels of protection given by the law differ. There are gaps in the protection. In many countries, but particularly in Guyana, when one reads the account of the legislation and the lower statutes, there seems to be quite an unusual amount of inconsistencies. And people can very easily get lost and confused if they want to rely on the law because one piece of law says something, another piece of law from a different year says something which, which somehow contradicts the other and people, it's very difficult in fact even for uh, a professional lawyer who is an anti-discrimination lawyer, it's very difficult to in fact make out what the law actually says. Uh, about equality and discrimination. So the inconsistencies, the gaps, are in place. However, the most apparent problem seems to be with LGBT. Uh, you probably noticed that I did not say the criminalization of homosexuality. And I have very strong reasons to not say that. What I said was the precedent the legend, criminalization, because the law has not been tested. Let me give you an example. In India, which was the first in the series of countries which then inherited this sub British legacy of the sodomy laws, there was a case that went to the High Court in Delhi, in which it was alleged that by, by uh, an organization called the NAS Foundation, which works with HIV, it's, it's a service organization which provides HIV-related services to the population. They went to court and they claimed that the fact that there is this provision in the criminal code 
which is perceived as if it criminalizes homosexuality, has an effect to deprive homosexuals from equal access to their services on HIV. The courts said then did something interesting. It read down the provision in the penal code. It did not cross it out from the penal code. The provision there is about cross and decency, and the other provision is about uh, what is it? Unnatural intercourse, or it, it's about uh, uh, carnal knowledge against the order of nature. So these are. This is the mantra. This is the. British created mantra, the carnal knowledge against the order of nature, or carnal intercourse against the order of nature, as the first wording you find in India, the second in Malaysia, and so on. The court did not say this will be crossed, but it said, aha, we agree that carnal knowledge against the order of nature should be penalized. However, this wording does not apply to consensual adults who want to have sex in private. So, the provision is there, but it's not read as applying to homosexuals. So then the question is, did or did not the law actually criminalize homosexuality? In Guyana, no court has yet said that the law does or does not. So that's why I was careful, and I think uh, that in my caution, a certain strategy can be, uh, can be read because it is possible to challenge the perception that there is a criminalization. It may or may not be a good strategy, I don't know. I'm not here to advise on that, but, but this is something like that has happened in, uh, in other places. So, POY um, LGBT in Guyana because this seems to be the most from outside, looking from outside, and taking into consideration the criteria of seriousness of the violations, from an equality point of view, this seems to be the most unequal group. And inequality, as I said, there is no equality if somebody is left out. And that is very important to understand, and I'm extremely pleased that in, uh, in the meetings that we have had, in just like here, just the third day, but I here that everybody or most people actually is almost at certain level some, some people instinctively agree some people reflect and agree but many people agree that it is actually that, that equality that groups and issues are interrelated interconnected and that is at the level of law because if you not you don't have similar or equal levels of protection there is no justice and also in practical terms, because the human rights movement has gone already, has been there and done that, which is called identity politics. The human rights movement after World War II started as a stress on universalism. Then, decades later, what prevailed, if you look at the map of the human rights movement, was the boxes. Every group took their issues and their only ambition was to put themselves on the map. Women, this ethnic minority, that group, that group, that group. They were emerging one after the other, and each group only wanted to express their own issues and wanted law 
that would deal with their issues, protection for them, and so on and so forth. It's now time for a synthesis, for reflection, for a synthesis, and for connecting the boxes. Or actually reconnecting the boxes, because initially in the human rights movement they were all together. The whole thing started with the recognition of the principle of universality. All human beings, all people, are born free and equal in dignity and rights. So the Equal Rights Trust takes this equality angle and is a reminder of that principle of universality. What we are trying to overcome is identity politics gone too far, groups that each only cares about their own issues to the exclusion of others. So what we are trying to do, we are trying to bring the LGBT issue front and center, A, because it's most serious, and B, because without connecting with the other issues, if the LGBT community in any country only cares for itself, then nobody will care for it. And for a number of, for a head full of reasons, it's much more practical, it's much more powerful if there is a if there's an effort to work together. Not just across borders, like with people from other countries, but also inside Guyana, across the different groups. And one of the things that the Equal Rights Trust has suggested to many of its partners abroad, including to Sassot, is why not start something, which call it something, call it an equality forum, and bring everybody who, dis who thinks that their issues should not be submerged, and their issues are more important than other issues. Just bring people to, to discuss. Because there, there may emerge out of that effort some, some policy, some, some advocacy effort that will then change, uh, uh, change society to the better. Basically, that's all that I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, Dimitrina. Thank you. And thank you for putting into perspective what Equal Rights Trust does in relation to Guyana and the context within which you operate around the world. Our final speaker this afternoon will be Ryan Rollins. Ryan has been a member of SASA since 2007 and he's a budding human rights activist. Ryan is an HIV peer educator and a voluntary HIV counselor tester for the LGBT community. He is a third-year student at the University of Guyana in the discipline of international relations. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Rollins. Good afternoon, everyone. Let's say that the first the first day I went to secondary school, um, 
I, I walked in and the you know persons you know they it seems they, they, they knew me more than I knew myself because it was a big screaming and you know all these different names throwing at me and I didn't even want to go back I you know I I, I, can, I can remember days, you know, um, not even wanting to go to school. Um, I've had instances where um, I was in front of my, 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 my yard um, one time and, 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 and a policeman pulling up in with, with a police car and telling me, you know, um, that I wanted a station for what I don't know with no proper um, explanation I have to do. Um, when I arrived there, you know, they you know they, they, they were telling me stuff that you know that didn't really make sense and throwing me to lock up. The only reason why I didn't why I didn't spend the night in the, the lockup there is because I had good police contacts and not just a police contact. Um, I had you know there there was another night I was me and two friends lining in front of my um, in front of the yard and the, 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 the police soldiers passing, you know, if they pass back and see us, you know, they're gonna know, you know, what um, bombing happened. Um, growing up, um, I, I, I had a good life, especially when it comes to, um, but, but an easy life, I, I, yeah, I had an easy life, especially when it comes to dealing with, with, with family members. I just had a grandmother, that was, that was where my support came from. Everyone else was against me. Um, because to them I was a I was a disgrace, an embarrassment to to, to the to the, the whole society and the family. Well and, and, and even her sometimes, you know, because of you know the, the stuff she gotta deal with the other family members, you know, she even, you know, would sometimes lash out at me, but in the end I, I understood. Um I well uh as a teenager, you know, growing up and understanding myself and, you know, realizing that I am a unique person, um, I, I, I wanted to, to, to find a place where, you know, I would be comfortable and that is where, you know, I, I, I found the people Sasser and, you know, tried my best to be an, an, an active member. Um, and I must say thanks to Sasser, you know, I, I, I I understood, I quite understood myself, you know, got the, the, the courage, you know, especially when it comes to my rights, because there was a lot of things that I, I didn't know. I thought, you know, you know, being, um, being a, a homosexual man, you know, you, you, you gotta go with whatever, you know, it's, it's being put out to you. But, you know, I, I understand what was going on. I, it even escalated, you know, when I started using, you know, coming to Georgetown on a daily basis when I started university. Um, I, because I would normally use the, the speedboat to get over the, the, the homophobic persons, you know, the, the boat operators, the bombman and the, cap, the captain. It so happened in the afternoon, you know, I, I had, I, there was this one rasta guy, he said I can't go anymore. I said, okay, you know, I didn't, I didn't want the hustle and the bustle. And, you know, and I said, okay, I allowed that to, I allowed it to pass. It escalated to that six boats passing and I didn't, and I couldn't get over. I did so happen, I, I reached the school late. And 
and you know because of that I had to I, I, I had to de de develop the courage because I know if I did I allowed that to happen to me I might have want to drop out to university and so on and you know that is that, that was always one of my dreams. So I I had to take action with the with the, with the assistance of Sasa and I must say that that issue, you know, um, it's you know the, 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 it's still there but it's not as you know how how, how it used to be. Um, LGBT persons, you know, um, it's 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 very sad to say that you know that, that to you know to know and to go through the things that we that we have to go through. Um, I have I have friends. Um, sometimes you know they're being thrown out of the house. You know, not can't deal with the the, the, the family. They they um, or you know it's it's maybe. <laughs> Life is not easy. I, it's not easy. However, I must say I'm thankful for life and I am me. I am I'm at the stage of my life where I accept myself and I can go about and traverse and get my business done. And I'm Ryan. I'm unique. Uh, I'm unique. I'm confident with myself. I have goals and I have objective. And just something that I should have mentioned: I was never molested, nor raped. So you know that is not a cause of of, of the, the perceived you know um, me being homosexual. Um, this is my preference. This is um, this is me, and I intend to do everything that I want to do to have a, a good and successful life. Thank you. He's becoming stronger in his resolve to be himself, and I'm sure you can appreciate the fact that it was not easy for him to come and stand here. It's always an uphill battle, and for the one thing Ryan has it in him to be, he just second guesses himself all the time. He would sound me out for everything, and I'm like, Ryan, I will not spoon feed you. You can do it. You can do it, and I know he can. Let's give him another round of applause.